taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test You know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest, passing every test You know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress Yo, what up, City Point? It is so great to be able to be back with you all for the third installment of our sermon series entitled Cash Rules. We've been talking about the cash rules. Rule number one was all money ain't your money. If you haven't checked it out, go back into our archives and check it out. Our website, our YouTube channel, you can check them out there. And then week two, we jumped into stack money. And then this is week three, and we are talking about get money. I'm very excited about what we are bringing today, what we have to talk about today. This is a, those of you that know me know that I am very passionate, Carla and I, about these issues of finance, and particularly finance for Christians. And so this probably is going to be one of my most beloved series of the entire year. Love talking about this. Love seeing Christians get their money together. Love seeing Christians get on their grind and, and, and begin to meet their financial goals. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so today we are talking about building wealth. And I'm going to just jump into a word of prayer and we'll jump right into the word. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for giving us this chance to come together. Even though it is digitally, even though it is virtually, we've already been able to establish so much community in this service so far. I thank you, God, for everybody that has poured into this service. I pray that you will now just focus our minds on your word to receive what you have to say to us. Prepare our hearts and prepare our minds to hear from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are getting ready to celebrate uh, MLK Day, and of course, one of MLK's or uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's most uh, famous speeches is that I have a dream speech that he did uh, at the March on Washington, right? And he, in that I have a dream speech, he begins to lay out his, his thoughts, his, his ambitions, his inspiration for what a new America, right? An America that truly looked like the reign of God was happening on earth, that really looked like the kingdom of God or the empire of God. He talks about this dream of this brotherhood, of this sisterhood, of this kinship that he wanted to see happen. I want to talk to you about some dreams that I have, and these are uh, dreams as it relates to finance within the Christian community, namely within City Point Community Church. I have dreams around us being able to be financially free and be in a position as it relates to wealth building such that we are positioned to be able to help one another and to be able to come together to do great things. I dream about being able to one day stand up in a City Point service, right? This is when COVID is over and people are able to gather back together and things have gotten normal. I dream of being able to stand up in a service and, and being able to say just matter-of-factly, right, that, that there is a couple or there is a person in our congregation that, that has saved money and they have done their research and they are ready to buy their first home. 
They are tired of being rent burdened in Chicago. They are tired of spending 40, some people 50% of the money that they bring in just on rent to keep up with it in Chicago. And they are ready to make that move to become a homeowner for the first time. And maybe this is a person who will be the first in their family to ever own a home. I, but, but, but this person just happens to be, or this couple just happens to just need to get over a hurdle, right, of saving up enough of the down payment in order to buy their first home. But, but thanks be to God that they are a part of a community of people who love God and who also understand mutual aid and also group economics, right? And so I, I have a dream of being able to stand up in a service in City Point and saying, hey, there is a family or there is an individual that is ready to buy their first home, but, but they just need a little help with down payment assistance. They, they just need $5,000 to be able to move from being a renter to being the first person in their family to ever own a home. Can, can I get five or maybe 10 members to connect with me and one of the board members after service and commit to pulling our cash together and we will give this family or this person that $5,000 that is the difference between them being a renter versus an owner that is building wealth. I have a dream about being able to make that ask and immediately after service, not just 5, 10, but 15, 20, 25 people approaching saying that they want to know how they can help because they are in positions financially to be able to do it. I dream about stuff like that. Those are the types of things that make me excited about aggregate wealth within especially the black and Latinx church like City Point. Those are the things that make me excited about being able to pull ourselves and our resources together to do something big and impactful economically for one another. I dream of being able to stand up and say, hey, there is somebody that uh, has gotten a new job, but, but the challenge is they live in the city, the job is in the suburbs, and they would have to take multiple buses and trains in order to get there, and it seems to be an impediment for them to even be able to sustain that job. Why, why don't just a few of us just put some money together and let's help this person get a car so that they can have transportation to make this thing happen so that they can level up financially? And it's not even a thing, not even that much of a conversation. I have a dream of being able to, to say, hey, and this is like real life, right? Like City Point's building, the building that we lease in is for sale, and we could probably get it for about $3 million or so. I, I dream about being able to say, hey, why don't just a group of us, right? It's, say it's $3 million to buy it. That means it would take about 750000 as a down payment for the building. I, none of us individually have $750,000, but maybe if some people could come together collectively, then that is enough people in an investment group that can come together as a group to purchase the building, and then now the church and everybody else in the building who is spending some almost half a million dollars a year on rent between all of the tenants, those people are now paying that investment group. That Those are the dynamics that make most multi-generational change within our community. And I have a dream of us being able to do that here. In order for that to happen, 
we must focus on wealth building. Let me say that again. In order for that to happen, we must focus on wealth building. I want us to look at, for the sake of this sermon, the parable of the 10 talents. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25. It's a a lengthy passage of scripture, but I want y'all to stay with me. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30 from the New Living Translation. It says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver or talent to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24 says, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I, 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 I was afraid, and I was afraid that I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. And look here. Is your money back? But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Verse 28 says, then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I can talk to you guys about the parable of the ten talents and the parable uh, of uh, the virgins. I can talk to you about those parables that are here grouped in Matthew chapter 25 and their theme of being prepared when the Lord comes. Um, I can talk to you about that in another sermon, but there is a point that I want to raise out of this parable of the ten talents or the parable of the ten bags of silver, that there is this point about using what you have and maximizing on what you have and what you have been given by God that I want to draw out of this parable, right? I want to draw out of this, this one main point that I see here that can be drawn out of this parable is this, this main fact right here, that everybody does not have the same thing, but everybody is responsible to do the best that they can to steward what they've been given. 
Right? That is what we see happening here in this parable of the ten talents. We see here that one, the one that had been given five, the one that had been given two, that those individuals took what they had been given. They had been entrusted with unequal amounts, but they took what they had been given and they invested what they had been given. They stewarded what they had been given properly so that they could get a return on what they had been given. That, that is what I want to press upon us Today, I want to push all of us. I want to talk to you about shifting your mindset so that you can maximize the wealth building opportunity in front of you. I may not be talking to a stream full of millionaires today. That might not be what's going on here. I may not be talking to a stream full of people with trust funds. That, that is not what I suspect that is going on here. But, but I am talking to individuals that have been entrusted with something, and I want to push you, I want to challenge you, I want to equip you to maximize that which you have been given, that which God has, uh, is allowing you to steward so that you can maximize your ability to gain freedom and to build wealth off of what God has given you. In order to build wealth, one of the first things that you have to do is to get a handle on the money that is already coming in. Got to get a handle on that. Got to get a handle on what's already coming in and what we are spending. So I want to talk about two things. The first thing I want to talk about is managing money. I want to talk about managing money. We have talked about this in my sermon last uh, week that you guys, many of you have heard the sermon on stack money. We talked about building a budget. We talked about a budget is nothing more than a plan. It's not a bad word. It is a plan for your money. And if you want your money, if you want to be effective with that which is coming in, you have to have a plan for it. I talked to y'all last week about how uh, in school I noticed that if a paper is due at 5 p.m., uh, I tend to be done with it at about 5.45, 5.55 p.m. And what I started noticing is that it's not just a coincidence. It is that I am actually using all of the time that I have been allotted in order to get that work done. And so if there's more time, I use more time. But when I started budgeting my time, when I started deciding I got this amount of time for reading, I got that amount of time for researching, I have X amount of time for my outline, I have X amount of time for my writing, then I discovered that by budgeting my time, I was able to be more effective with my time. And that, my friends, is what you must do as it relates to budgeting. You have to tell your money where to go or it will just go everywhere. One of the second things I want to talk to you about in managing your money, right, because you got to get a handle on what's coming in if you are going to build wealth. You have to master living below your means. You have to master that. What it effectively is, is you have to decide that, that, that I will not live all the way up to the margin of what comes in. And the only way that you can even do that is by budgeting in the first place. Budget allows you to see the big picture. Where is my money going? For some of us, we may uh, be a little bit challenged to know what exactly we are spending our money on right now, but that is what our bank account bank statements are for. They will tell the truth on us. You see, a budget is just a sheet of paper, but, but that statement will tell the truth on what we have actually spent our money on. And so we've got to master living below our means. That means always building in some margin between what I make and what I spend. I'm going to talk to you about a third thing we talk about managing money. is You need to be conscious to save up six months of living expenses. 
six months of living expenses. So that is easy, right? We have set this budget up. We take that budget. We multiply that monthly budget by six, and we realize, all right, this is for a comfortable rainy day fund. This is the amount of money that I need to be shooting toward um, building up that I can save, not invest, but save, right? When it rains, I want to be able to tap it and I want to be able to take care of myself in the case that something happens. I want to be able to take care of myself. Don't have to panic. Don't have to um, get stressed out because I know that things will be okay because I have prepared for times like this. And then the last thing I want to mention is that you need to reduce or eliminate your debt. These are all steps that need to happen before you get into wealth building, right? Like you've got to plug a hole in the boat first, right? You've got to deal with that leak first before you can get into making more money, right? Like this idea of living all the way up to my means, right? Spending everything that's coming in, but thinking I'm going to just, I'm going to take a little bit of money and buy some Tesla stock and that's going to be my come up. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You are putting cart before horse. You have to master managing your money before you can look to build money or else it's going to leak. It's going to leak. So, so we got the managing money part. The second thing I want to talk about is making more money. That's why you're really at this sermon. That's why you're really listening to this sermon is because you want to know how to make more money. So I want to talk to you about making more money. If you are going to make more money, if you are going to maximize on your wealth building, you got to understand three things. You have to understand how, understand the function of labor, land, and capital. Let me say that one more time. You've got to understand the function of labor, land, and capital. When you start looking at how money is made in the American society, right, we live within capitalism. Some of us are here for it. Some of us are not here for it. We would prefer a different system, maybe a system of socialism or another, another system. But in reality, like that is what we have right now in our country. We have capitalism. And it is within that construct that we are day-to-day trying to live. And so what I'm attempting to do through this sermon is not um, be an apologist for capitalism, but effectively to say that if we are going to be in this game, I want to ensure that we understand how to play the game and how to play the game effectively. The way that this game is played is that when it comes to making money, most of the money is made through labor, through land, and through capital. For most of us, we will get up tomorrow morning on Monday And we will exchange our labor in exchange for money. And that is the way that we are going to bring money in. We are going to exchange our labor for money. There are some people that are exchanging, uh, that are leveraging their land for money, right? So a plot of land and it is rented out to some farmer who is using that land to produce Um, crops, and so he is paying rent for that land, or he is paying, or somebody is paying rent for a house, or rent for an apartment, or the land is producing a crop, and so I am making money because land is allowing me to put Um, put in crops in the land or put seeds in the land and I'm able to uh, gain a harvest out of that and it is through that that I can gain money. So some are making money through labor. 
Some are making money because they own land or they are leveraging land in order to produce things that they can sell. And then thirdly, people are leveraging capital, leveraging capital in order to to build wealth, right? Like that is, in other words, that is using money to make money. Money makes money, right? And so those are three ways that money is made in our society. And if you are going to build wealth, you need to invest time in understanding those three things, labor, land, capital. For most of us, we don't have trust funds, and so we don't have just a bunch of capital. For most of us, aside from maybe the home that we live in right now, we don't own much land. And so what we have to do if we are going to build wealth is we have to leverage our labor to give us access to all these other things. And this, again, let me tell you, like, this is why budgeting is so crucial. It's because if, if the only tool that I have, right, like, some people are triple-breasted, right? Like, they've got labor that they can exchange, they've got land that they own that they're making money off of, and they've got capital that is bringing them more money. But for a lot of people, all they have is their labor that they are able to exchange for money. And when it comes to your labor, your labor has a finite amount of time to produce. The land will produce while we're here and long after we're gone. Money can produce today and money can produce 100 years from now. But our bodies, they're different. They've got a window of time that they can produce labor that we can exchange for money. So here's what I mean by, here's where I'm going with this. We have to be critical. We have to be intentional about how we are leveraging our labor to build wealth. That means that when it comes to the job that I select or the training that I undergo in order to make myself marketable on the job market, that that means that I have to be very intentional about the jobs that I take and also intentional about the money that I make from those jobs because my labor is giving me access, entree, into building some money so that I can buy land and buy capital. And that's another thing that I want to segue into is that we leverage our labor for access to the land and to the capital. I share a quick story with y'all, and I'm going to get out of the way in a minute. Um, So in 2013, so in 2013, I started um, teaching full-time at a high school on the southwest side, and I was also pastoring City Point full-time. Carla was also uh, working... um, uh, as a um, as a marketing, I think she was marketing manager maybe at that time, and so she was her corporate career. I'm at the church and also at the school, and so we didn't have any children at the time. We didn't own a home at this time, and so what we started talking about is let's like let's be crazy with it. Let's figure out how to live off one of our incomes, and let's save the rest. And so we did that for several years. I want to say there were three years that we did this. One of our incomes, we lived off of, all of our expenses. Other income, all we used that income for was paying our tithes and saving, or investing, I should say. And that money grew and grew and grew. And the next year, we did the same thing, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And the next year, we did the same thing, and it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And so now we go from being, having nothing to exchange for cash except our labor 
to not having access to capital, right? And the capital makes its own money. So now I've got a job at the church, and, and I've got a job at the school, and Carla's got a job in corporate, and then our money's got a job in the market. And so now we started with three jobs and now they're four jobs. Then we were able to take some money and start buying some real estate. And so then it was like job at the church, job at the school, Carla's corporate job. The money had a job. And, and then the real estate had its own job and, and got its own paycheck from people that were paying their rent, right? I share this with you to share an example about what I mean about this, this, this thing of leveraging your labor, right? Like for me and Carla, we both come from hardworking families who many of them were the first in their family to ever go to college. Like we, we come from that, families that worked really hard, that provided a good foundation and a good solid life for us, but, but, but they didn't have a lot of money to hand down to us to say, hey, here's 100K to go start your life with. The thing that they passed down to us was a work ethic, and helped us get a college education. And, and, and that is your start in life. And that is, for, for most people, that is the most that you got from your parents is, is they, they did the best they could to put you in a situation where you could go to, to the best elementary, the best high school that they could get for you. And then from there, if they were able to help you even a little bit going to college, and, and that's it. Now go start your life. And if you need some help, you can call home and we can help you from time to time. But there is no trust fund to pass off. And so what we had to leverage is what I'm saying to you. Leverage your labor. But the only way you can leverage your labor is if you live below your means. So you leverage your labor for access to land and capital. And then finally, you leverage your land and your capital to build wealth. It's basic. People who have wealth don't have wealth because they are the most brilliant in our society. People who have wealth just have access to the right information. And in some cases, they were blessed with the right resources but I want to say to those of you that want to build wealth, similar to the story of the 10 talents or the 10 bags of silver, that, that we are all blessed at different levels, right? The one was given five, the other was given two, the other was given one. Notice in the story, the one that was given two received the same accolade, same reward, same praise as the one that was given five who doubled his. Doesn't matter what you start with, it's the stewardship over what you got. My push is what are you going to do with what you got? I, I'm, I'm going to keep beating this horse because I am not going to be staring a bunch of people in the face every Sunday who have been blessed with opportunity, but still broke. Steal a paycheck away from the whole world turning over on them. Not going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen to you. I'm going to keep pushing you. 
I'm going to keep telling you how much I believe in you. I'm going to keep telling you that it is a possibility. I'm going to tell you that no matter how many generations in your family have lived in poverty, that it can stop with your generation, that yours can be the one that passes down assets to the next generation. It is possible. We look at what's going on in our country, when we look at what is happening with racism to our community, in the words of Jay-Z, financial freedom is our only hope. And I want us to have that, and I believe that we can have that, but it's going to take a shift in mindset. It's going to take some discipline, and it's going to take what I talked about just now. Live below your means. Respect that your labor may be the only thing you have, your only path to gaining some wealth. That's okay, but guess what? It's not going to be my kids' only path to building wealth. It's not going to be my grandkids' only path to, to having wealth. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you for pushing us. We thank you for challenging us that we can indeed build wealth, but we have to just like in the parable of the talents, we've got to be good stewards and use what we have been blessed with. Some of us have been blessed with a whole lot. Some of us have been blessed with just a little, but our only responsibility is to use what we have to the best of our ability. Help us to steward what you have given us well. Help us to apply our faith to our finances. We pray for that you will give us increase. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. That's the word for today, y'all. Peace. Yo, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ for salvation, this is the perfect day. If you have, if you are in the place where you are ready to accept that on your best day, you come up short. You, my brother, my sister, my sibling, you are a sinner on your best day, just like I am. But we recognize that what Jesus Christ has done with us, and this is the good news of the gospel, is he has given us a path to salvation, to being right with God without needing to be right, right? Like as crazy as that sounds, right? We get to be right with God without having to be right. The way that we get that is because the righteousness of Jesus Christ gets credited to our account. It sounds crazy and it is crazy, but God has said that it is because of the foolishness of the gospel that men and women are saved. And that is how I have been saved. Let me tell you honestly, like my my um, standing with God is not based on my own. Like it is not based on me being good enough. It is not based on me having it all together. Never will be based on any, any level of sinlessness. It's based purely on belief. It is salvation through believing in Jesus Christ, having repented of my sin, and having made him the Lord of my life. That's it. And I invite you into that same space. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ for salvation, I invite you into that space. If you are doing it for the first time, if you're repenting, believing that Jesus Christ really did live, he really did die, but he really did rise again on the third day, and you're ready to make him the Lord or the manager or the boss of your life, I invite you to just text uh, text membership to 646-00-646-00. Text the word membership to that number. And a member from our amazing team will follow up with you um, to talk next steps uh, and also get you plugged into our family here at City Point Community Church. You can also text there if you've got questions about anything. If you have, 
you just need to tussle with this thing called salvation, this thing called Jesus a little bit more, you can also hit us up there and we can have a conversation with you as well. If you want to become a part of the dopest church on the planet, you are looking for a church to rock out with. You can also text us at 64600, text membership to that number. And then finally, if you desire prayer about anything, you can go to our website, citypointcc.org. And there we have a prayer page and you can uh, enter a prayer request there. And again, a member from our amazing team will follow up with you. Um, to let you know that we are standing in agreement in prayer with you about uh, your prayer requests. Thank you all so much. Thank God for salvation. Man, that's a wrap, y'all. It's been a great day today. I hope that y'all were blessed. I truly hope that y'all were blessed. Thank you so much for being a part of this stream with us today. Thank you. You could have been anywhere in cyberspace, but you decided to rock out with us here today at City Point, and we so appreciate that. Make sure that if you have not already, you share the stream out. You never know who within your network, like your 1,500 friends, like a 1,000 of them you really don't legit know, but they're like friends of friends. You never know who even within that circle like might be blessed by what you may have been blessed by today. And so be sure to share this, uh, share this stream out. Be sure to subscribe so that you also know when we're streaming here at City Point Community Church. Visitors and guests, thank you all so much for being with us today. Thank you for rocking out with the dopest church on the planet. Know that you are welcome here, and we are looking to expand our family, our community here at City Point. I want to offer up a word of prayer real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for all that we have experienced uh, today. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will cause what we have heard, what we have seen, to resound within our hearts and our minds this week. We pray these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Yo, don't forget to meet me at 22 Tuesdays where we are praying and fasting for resources every Tuesday. And I'll meet y'all at noon on our Facebook and on our IG. In the meantime, I love y'all. Peace.